Welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 104, and today's guest is Quentin. He is one of the owners of Q&A Landscaping here in Pittsburgh. This is the first time I've ever had a landscaper on the podcast or even talk about this topic. So it was really cool talking about exterior patios, all that stuff. So before we hop into this episode, please like, subscribe, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. And now I hope you enjoy this episode with Quentin from Q&A Landscaping here in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Quentin, thank you so much for hopping on the Pro Series podcast today. Can't wait to talk to you. Um, I, I always start off in saying how we got connected, and it was on Instagram. Um, I think, I don't know if you commented on something or I commented on something, but it's kind of cool how we connected. And we're in the same area, but um, we had a little, you thought I was in Florida, and it was, it was kind of funny. Yeah, right after uh, I saw you had liked one of my pictures and the blue check mark next to your name caught my eye when I saw it. Oh, okay. So I clicked it and I said, oh, wow, you know, he's putting out content and has different um, home pros on and stuff like that. And uh, But you were in Florida at the time. So I was yeah. thinking, well, it was a little bit away, but it, it was a wide range of uh, people on. So I figured I'd reach out either way. Um, yeah, just to see I'm glad you did because we've—I've never had a landscaper on or anybody that started a landscaping company, so it's kind of cool to get that aspect of it. And I try to stay in the construction, real estate, design type of field for the pro series, so it's kind of cool to get your side of the business and learn more about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. We uh, we complete landscape and hardscape projects in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. In Clareton, our shop is located right across from the steel mill on 837. You can see little bits of it in the background behind me. Uh, All the trucks coming from the mill. But uh, we have about 12 to 14 guys, depending on the time of year. Sometimes as it gets into fall, we start to get a little lower fall through winter. We do snow removal in the winter. Um, And the past few years, definitely been a big uptick in the amount of outdoor projects going on out there. you know, since the start of COVID, definitely saw an increase. Yeah. So you're not just doing like landscaping as in plants and ir- like irrigation, that type of stuff. You're actually doing patios and kitchens and stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got started doing lawns like most landscaping businesses would. Um, and over the years, we grew into other um, landscaping projects from, you know, lawns to mulching and planting and just a lot of different landscaping projects. And then um, we got into patios and hardscaping, retaining walls, mm. concrete. We've done some outdoor kitchens. Um, you know, just over the years, it, it got into bigger projects. We did sell all of the lawns probably about four or five years ago at this point just to do projects. We have um, a landscape crew out there every day completing projects and another hardscape crew out there completing projects. That's very cool. So we, I mean, we were talking before we hit record and you kind of started this business. Did you say you started this back in high school with your friend? Yeah, me and uh, my business partner, Anthony, went to high school together. Uh, we were in homeroom together and we both were mowing lawns just like for people in our neighborhood. Maybe as, you know, a 14, 15 year old kid, you push your lawnmower up the street to some old lady's house. Um, hmm. But once we got our licenses, we decided to start doing it together. Um, And when we would start going other places, other neighborhoods um, nearby, you know, anywhere. We grew up in Jefferson Hills, so really anywhere in Jefferson Hills, Pleasant Hills, uh, we got started doing that. And early in high school, we quickly got it to like 60 lawns a week. 
did a lot for a high schooler over the course of the summer and after school. And, uh, you know, we, we grew that through high school and then college. And uh, we continued to do it through college. We went to Pitt. And we were going to do it through school to try to pay for some of school. But originally we had thought probably that, you know, we would both get office jobs after school and that this would just be a way to kind of get through school. But over college, um, our business definitely grew to the point where, you know, it was feasible to think about doing this long term. We continued to get into projects and just kind of through college got better at running the business and getting to apply some of those skills that we were learning. Um, and so it, it did turn into something that we pursued after college um, full time. Once we were done with school, we were really able to put more time and money into the business and to be able to make long term decisions and buy things that were going to you know, be able to help us grow right after college. Um, I got an office job at an accounting firm, Deloitte downtown doing valuation. And I worked there for six months and I knew mm. after, you know, probably five months that this wasn't for me. I did before I leave, I used my pay stubs to buy, uh, finance a new dump truck right before I quit my job so that I could get the money to, uh, you know, kind of buy our first dump truck and start to grow our business and kind of get to the next level. Um, so I, I got that dump truck and I quit my job and we kind of just kept growing from there. Yeah. We have was... uh, seven dump trucks now, but you know, that first one was definitely hard to pull the trigger on. Um, oh yeah. We've gotten over the years, but it, uh, it's always cool to look back at that and see that picture. That was probably about seven years ago now. Seven years ago, as soon as you started it or is when uh, do you start? Seven years ago was when we bought that first dump truck. Okay. So how long has it been that you guys have been in business? Um, well, 13 years ago, we were in high school, started passing out flyers and mowing lawns together. Um, okay. You know, the first six years of high school and then college, um, you know, it, it was only able to grow so much just because we were full-time students. Oh, yeah. How hard is it? I mean, in our business, there's so many family-owned and, like, friends um, that own companies together. How hard is it to stay business part partners and friends, even though like even back when you were um in, in high school, I mean, that's hard in itself. You guys haven't even seen like the real business world yet. And you're kind of starting this company and then you go through college and you become more of an adult. How hard is it to continue that relationship and keep business first? It, it is tough. Um, definitely at times it strains you, but I think it, it's about having like, you know, the same common goal. I've seen, a lot mm. of partnerships fail um, in my space and other spaces that I've you know heard of or seen or I've talked to people about it. Um, it there is no great secret to it. It's just having you know the, the common goal. Most of the time, we get into a disagreement. It's about you know what's more efficient or what was the best way to do this or something that might have gone wrong. But these are small things, and in the end, whenever you know a couple hours later, you think of it. The goal was just mm -hmm. to make more money. We were tied together, you know, and that's a lot of times what it has to come down to is, you know, you guys have the same interest. And if your squabbles are about things like that, where it's like a productive squabble and it's driving growth. And, you know, there's been times where we've had disagreements and not spoke for, 
you know, a couple of days or, you know, spoke the minimum amount, maybe not as much as friends would, you know, you're talking about work, but nothing more. And I think that those things kind of force you to get better and, and mm. growth. It just like, you know, at your job, if you were somebody's employee, you know, at times maybe your boss would hold you accountable or would bring something up and it would rub you the wrong way. That same thing needs to happen when you're a business owner sometimes that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of forces you to, to grow and learn. Yeah. And off camera, we were talking about how hard it was been, how hard it was to transition from doing the actual work and now doing behind the scenes business stuff to keep the business going. I feel like that's something that's very common in our business or anybody that's an entrepreneur trying to grow a business. They kind of want to do the, the, the management or, I mean, just do the actual work because they're very tedious. It's their name on the line. How hard was it to jump? Because I know you said you kind of are more in the office now and not doing the hands-on stuff. Yeah, it yeah. definitely, um, it was a hard transition. I think every business faces that where you go from being the person producing the work or highly involved in every single aspect of producing that first um, crew worth of work to needing to step away and grow the business in other ways. And for me, like most people, I bet um, it, it started at night. You know, I would work and cut lawns or help the crews all day. And then after work, I would do some sales, do a few estimates and go home and then do some office. And in the beginning, that's a little more feasible. After you do that for so many years, you start to realize, you know, I probably can't work 14 hours a day, mm -hmm. six to seven days a week. The, the, the luster of that grind wears off over time, truthfully, whenever the first few years after college, I, I had no problem doing that. I, you know, I loved it and I saw great results. But then after you do that for a few years and you realize I need to get out of the field and I need to do these things during normal business hours and focus on them um, and then start to pick up the other things that help you to grow your business, the background tasks, you know, in addition to just sales, but also starting developing, you know, a marketing plan and small things over the time that are going to, you know, really pay off that might not have immediate results, but when done consistently year over year, uh, they do produce results. You know, like the big thing I always think of is Google reviews. Um, when I started emailing people for Google reviews six or seven years ago, it mm -hmm. got a few here or there. It didn't seem like it was doing a lot, but now we have 120 Google reviews. Every year you get five to 15 more, whatever it is, depending mm -hmm. on how active you are. And uh, it really builds every time when your competition is not. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because getting reviews is very hard. I know I struggle with that even too, um, just for the podcast itself. But how do you overcome that? And how do you get customers to leave a review? Because there's a lot of customers that want to. Um, it just, you can't, man you can't like say, hey, just do this. Um, I mean, you can if you're more of a friend with them, but what is your advice on that? Um, what I try to do that I've found over the years I've gotten better at is check in sooner after the job, mm. not make it more so like a once a year, I'm going to email every job I did and try to get the reviews. Do it once a month. That's how I do it now. It definitely helps. Um, I send an informal, small email with a direct link to fill out the Google review. Uh, I think that's definitely helpful. I had tried the constant contact route where I would send them more of a nice newsletter email with formatting and everything to it. It just looked too much like junk mail, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit less of a response to it. 
you know, a couple sentences saying that, you know, we appreciate your business and it's really important to us to get Google reviews because it helps other customers like you pick us when they're looking. And it really means a lot when people leave us a Google review. If you could do so, the link is below, you know, we appreciate it if you can. And absolutely, it just keeps it really simple. And it's a lot of people don't have a Google uh, Gmail account or, you know, maybe they're a little bit older and that's not for them. I've had some old ladies respond to me with their Google review as the email and like thinking that they could just respond back and say, you did such a nice job. Thank you. And it was, it was nice, but it wasn't a Google review. Um, yeah. it, you know, it's always great if you can try to mention to people to post a picture with the review, I've, I've started to get better at that. I definitely think that yeah. helps. Um, but it, sometimes when people thank us after their patio is complete or something like they go out of their way to write us a thank you email, I will respond to that email asking for a Google review pretty much because it's fresh in their mind. They're very appreciative. Um, it's going to be, you know, a good opportunity right there to get. Absolutely. I, I, one piece of advice I've actually told this to clients, like if they are order clients that send you in a uh, review over email and they just don't have a Google account, just post it on social media, like as an actual in-feed post, because, you know, your social media is like a search engine. Now people go on there and it's something that I actually want to talk about because your website, I have it up and your uh, social media is very updated. It, it It's straightforward. It tells you what you, you guys do, all your different projects. How important is digital marketing in your company and um, why do you take priority to it? Yeah, I think it's everything. I think a lot of our customers, their first interaction with our business is online. Um, they found us online or they got an advertisement from us and it drove them to our website. Yes, we get a lot of calls, but at this point, over half of the interactions I get are, are first online. And so that first image is everything. Giving people the services you offer so that it's clear to them and they do not waste your time and also giving them the ability to book an estimate online i've found was a big addition like you can go to my website you can type in all of your stuff and say i want you to come next tuesday at 3 p.m and you know pick from the available times that are, are there for you. that has really helped as well just allow people to quickly schedule an estimate put in their description and get something that they're interested in yeah, that's smart because a lot of people are there waiting for the company to call back to schedule it. And that could, in that time period, they could have been called another company and already scheduled something out. So doing it all digitally is a lifesaver in, in any business. Yeah, it cuts that stuff out. And, you know, if you miss a call from a customer, they are calling three more people after you, whatever it is, until mm -hmm. somebody answers the phone. In my mind, I, I believe that people will continue to... Um, I have an answering service for when I don't get to the phone so that um, at least it doesn't go to a voicemail because I have felt like voicemail, a lot of people do not leave voicemails. Um, they'll just call somebody yeah. else. I do return That's smart. So tell me about don't. And so I think they have that negative connotation yeah. of how many contractors have they left a voicemail for that hasn't called them. Um, I try very hard to answer every phone call so that I can immediately determine if we can help you weed out if, if we can't or if it's not going to be a good fit and then get you an appointment on my schedule so that I can come and see you and get you in front of the That's smart. Tell me about that. Uh, you said you have an automated, it's not, doesn't just go to voicemail. I, I went to a seminar in the, 
winter and they were talking about how AI is becoming this big thing for automated systems for small businesses because it allows them to um, let the customer feel heard because it's telling you everything that they do. And it allows them to kind of go through like press one. Like, you know, we've all been to customer services like press one if you need this, press two if you need that. Um, and how important that is to a business because it gives you to the right person in that company and it makes the customer feel heard. Is that kind of what you're you're doing here? Well, mine right now is well, still a live right person that is answering. I, there are starting to be some okay. good guy ones out there. I didn't really yeah. find much of an entry level one in my search. And I believe that over the next few years, that will dramatically increase. Um, I figured that oh, this yeah. is a good start for now. And when the time comes, I'll definitely be ready to upgrade to the AI. I think that for a simple script like mine, where I'm just getting your information and setting up a callback, that's a clear um, win for me for them to be able to really automate this as opposed to an answering service that has a little bit of variability within it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were showing us it was more of like if you go to someone's website and you're chatting with someone, that's what the AI is for, kind of. So they analyze your website and they know everything you do and they'll be able to answer majority of your questions for you while your customer is kind of chatting with you online, but it's really you're chatting with the AI. Yeah, that's yeah. really going to be a big uh, a big step in our industry. I think there's going to be lots of uses for AI in our space. For me, what always stands out is it's, it's definitely coming soon, is to be able to go into somebody's backyard, take a picture of their backyard or pull yeah. up a rendering of their backyard and then show them these are some of the options that it could be instantly i feel like yeah good enough i'll take a picture of your hillside in your plain backyard at your new house and i could within a minute or two show you five options with costs that this could be i don't think that that's that far away with some of the ai designs that we're starting to see come out yeah. I mean, they already have that for interior homes that you just take a picture of your kitchen and it'll remodel it for you. But do you think that's going to take away business from designers or landscape architects and stuff? I think that there's a place for it. I don't know that that kind of flashy software is outdoors with slopes and grading going to provide a final drawing. I think it will preliminarily yeah. show you some options. I think it will expand people's horizons on what it could be and get people maybe outside of their comfort zone from the square uh, patio in the back of their yard because they'll right away see five other options that would be a little bit flashier maybe that if this person just wanted something standard that maybe you wouldn't take the time to manually show them or design them now. I, I think it'll really show people what else there could be and kind of uh, just add to like the, the different possibilities out there. I agree. I think it helps out the designer or landscape architect figure out what, because usually when you're designing it, you're designing it for your, you get some answers from the, in, in the initial meeting, but you don't actually know what they want. And being able to show them multiple different options, you know what to design and what they actually like. And it just makes their life easier and it makes the sale faster as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it weeds out some people. It definitely, you know, decreases any wasting time and just gets you there faster, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what is one uh, misconception or a mistake that you see a lot in homeowners in Pittsburgh kind of? wanting for their backyard that's not realistic or something that they do that kind of drives you crazy um i knew i know in interior design and kitchens there's 
millions of them I could go on for one of them being like painting granite countertops I've just never understood but is there anything landscape wise that kind of you kind of think is one of your pet peeves um for, for me it's more so building a nice project um with nice materials but with a poor contractor where you'll see great material bad execution um and it was clear that they went with somebody that gave them a good price and that showed them great materials, but there was a clear lack there why it didn't turn out why they wanted, where you'll see a really nice wall that is a couple years old and failing. We built a lot yep. of retaining walls and I see a lot of poorly built retaining walls. And Pittsburgh is a city of, hit, of hills. It is everywhere, every, you know, you walk, you look around and how many of your neighbors have one or multiple retaining walls of some type. and Sometimes um, I see a lot of poorly built retaining walls, maybe that were over-promised and under-delivered, yeah. um, or in the same thing with patios, different bits like that. That's where um, it's more so just disappointing to see a waste of materials, and then for a couple years in, somebody has to redo it. That kind of Band-Aid um, project where it's just, you know, it's it was a waste of money and it's not going to last. Um, and it's even worse whenever you see a really nice material wasted on that. Oh, yeah. I have a story to tell you off camera. I don't want to say it on camera, but I'll say it after. Um, but I want to finish off on where people could find you, where you do your business, um, your website, your social media, kind of just promote where you are. Yeah. Um, yeah um, Q&A landscaping.com. Oh, sorry. We'll have to cut this up. Right. Our website is qalandscaping.com. Uh, you can find out online all the things we do, see lots of different pictures, um, and then even book an estimate. We service areas south of the city. We do a lot of work in the south hills of Pittsburgh, um, Peters Township, Upper St. Clair, Mount Lebanon, over to Jefferson Hills. We also do work in North Huntington, um, really anywhere except for too far north of the city. And that does start to get a little far for us, just being with our shop in Clareton. Um, we have an yeah. Instagram at QA Landscaping, and then we have Facebook, uh, QA Landscaping 412. We're very active on Instagram. I post lots of stories and different stuff with our equipment. Um, and if you wanted to follow along or see more of what we do, that would be the best place to get uh, current updates. Otherwise, I am also on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Quentin O'D. That's O-D-E-A. Uh, if you type it in, I'd be happy to connect. Awesome, Quentin. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and hopping on the Pro Series podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's great to talk. Have a great weekend.